of the Channel Futures podcast, Copy with Craig and James. I am the editorial director of Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me, as always, our news editor, Mr. Anderson. Mr. James Anderson. James, how are you? You know what, Craig? I think it's fair to say that I am in the middle of the ride right now, as as many of us are. How are you doing? Uh, let me tell you, you are so good at those transitions or just you know picking up the obvious uh that, that was really good i appreciated that yeah I, I love the jimmy eat world reference i think it's a terrific band a lot of energy they always bring to the table oh, yeah. some of my are, fondest memories of childhood yeah are they sort of were they like the beginning of emo I, i'm not really that familiar with emo i just thought i'd throw that out there and that was sort of more your generation is, is this emo you know craig i don't think so i i might oh. point more towards my chemical romance as emo oh um, yeah yeah you got, you got like jimmy eat world the all-american rejects as alternative i mean i would say jimmy eat world was a was a leader in the alternative genre and i'm sure there's some music person that's going to correct me <laughs> but i think jimmy eat world they came around and really i think they helped move us on from from rock they're not yeah. they're not punk rockers there were, there were plenty of punk rockers at the time but i think they kind of straddled that in a way that i think gave gave some cause for for the creation of a new genre. Now, of course, people are going to say that alternative has always existed, and, and I, I'll say to that, no, it's not always existed. Like, I don't, not always, you know. I, I'm beginning to think this is a music podcast. <laughs> you just uh, yeah. piqued my interest, Craig. Well, well there's a reason. i, I got to share with our, our loyal casties. There's a reason we selected this song. One, it is from 2002. Well, that's when it became a hit, was 2002. Mark Monday, who's going to be on the podcast later, he is the managing director of Global Ecosystem at Citrix. He is actually the first of our guests in history to request a song to open the podcast with. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, Craig, he, Mark is like the first person to like tell me that he's listened to our podcast. So <laughs> that was, I mean, it was multiple levels of happiness there. I, I can prove, I can prove on the numbers that we do have more than one listener. I, I would like to tell our loyal casties, not our loyal casty singular. Uh, that, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's good stuff because he was even aware of the whole process, the, the the deep thinking that I go through when I select songs because he asked us, you know, is this episode 102? And not to, you know, get into this whole conversation when we're going to have it again here in a little bit, but uh, he knew that we were doing the whole 1995, 95th episode, 96, 96 episode, etc. And I know you've uh, gotten on my case a little bit about how this stuff sort of doesn't make any sense anymore now that we're into the 2000s and the 100 plus episodes of the podcast but uh hey i'm rolling with it and, and since mark 
likes it, uh, I'm going to keep this sucker going. Oh, it's wonderful, Craig. I, I saw your face just light up when he started talking about it. So, that's, yeah. uh, you know, man, if you're happy, I'm happy. I, I, I am totally happy. I'm totally happy. Yeah, with Mark, it was a great, great conversation. Craig, you asked some uh, kind of intriguing questions about the relationship between direct and indirect sales at Citrix. Really good conversation. So we're going to tease that a little bit because uh, we've got another big interview before that. And Craig, if I'm not mistaken, this interview you did was live and in person, was it not? It certainly was. Uh, It was a very good one. Small caveat here. The interview, of course, was done during the event, talking here about the Tolaris Partner Summit. And it's unavoidable that I set this up with just a wee little bit of talk about COVID. Are you okay with that? Craig, I'm here for it, man. I'm going to brace myself. Give me what you got. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. No, no, it's not going to be a rant, Dennis. So I I spent a few days in San Diego at the Tolaris Partner Summit, uh, which quite honestly, James, was a terrific event. It was so amazing to see some old friends after being so long apart. There were nearly a thousand people there, uh, probably the biggest channel event since the pandemic began a year and a half ago. The company certainly followed state and local guidelines, uh, which did not require masks. And I think they felt uh, probably pretty good about the vaccination status of people coming in. Now, me personally, looking back, I was I was probably a little naive uh, being fully vaccinated. Uh, I wasn't wearing a mask. Uh, I didn't see another mask inside all week. My thinking was uh, with all of these people being business travelers, people who expect to be back on the road fairly regularly uh, or for some several times a month, even uh, they would, for the most part, be vaccinated. And, you know, maybe for the most part, they were. But uh, as we know, it really only takes one. And with this Delta variant, James, uh, we know that vaccinated people can be carriers more easily than with previous variants. However, as I personally look back, uh, merely looking at the percentages of people coming from various parts of the country where vaccination rates are lower than in other parts, you know, I, I can't be surprised that there are a number of people there who have now reported testing positive for COVID-19. So I guess there's not necessarily any reason to think that the channel's vaccination rate is higher than the country's as a whole. So Tolaris, credit to them, uh, they did a post-event survey uh, where they acknowledged getting reports about these cases. And as one might expect, those who report being the worst off were the unvaccinated, while the vaccinated for the most part were only suffering through minor symptoms. So, James, my concern here, beyond the obvious health and welfare of the channel and society as a whole, Uh, It's from a business perspective, right? I mean, this is a uh, business podcast. Our team here at Channel Partners, Channel Futures, decided to cancel our first get-together in nearly two years. We were going to gather in Phoenix for a few days of staff meetings. In particular, we canceled because we've got some parents with young children in the group. Uh, Those kids, of course, can't yet get the vaccine. We didn't want to risk their health. There was Nextiva. They told me they canceled the sales meeting also here in Phoenix, uh, where they were bringing people in from out of town. Avant uh, scrubbed one of its boot camps scheduled for San Francisco. And, and you know, there are probably uh, several more out there. You know, these are small gatherings. But the question here, of course, is where does this lead? Conferences in Las Vegas, at least for the time being, are now requiring masks due to the spread of Delta. And that's because Clark County there is requiring them. Another one of our company's events, Black Hat USA, just wrapped up there. 5,000 people uh, masked up. I don't know about you, James. I am super stoked to see the whole channel community again at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo in November, but 
I, for one, would prefer not to do it in a mask. You know, nobody likes masks. This isn't Comic-Con, which scares me a little bit anyway, because I'm not really a huge <laughs> fan of costumes, but uh, that's another story. Uh, costume phobia, Craig? Interesting. Oh, what's it called? A costume phobia? Costume phobia. What's that? What do they say? Cosplay now? Like costume play? Isn't that a, isn't that a thing? Uh, yeah, co- cosplophobia. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been a fan of clowns and all that kind of stuff either. So I think that actually clown phobia actually has its own term. But uh, anyway, but masking, you know, is where we're going to be if this whole situation doesn't improve. And I don't think anybody wants to think of scenarios that go even beyond that. So channel, do us all a favor, get vaccinated. I know nobody likes being told what to do. I'm, I'm an only kid for one, no brothers or sisters. So I totally get it. And I respect people's rights to make their own decisions. But please think of it less as maybe being told what to do than simply motivation for seeing each other again in the most comfortable setting. Of course, that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. (laughs) Now, I don't know if I've said anything truly controversial here, but of course, my opinions are my own and don't reflect any official stance of channel partners or inform. Okay, maybe that was a little rantish, James. It was certainly longish. Oh, Craig, I am hitting retweet on that public service announcement. And I know everybody wants to see the cute little cat mask that I recently bought because I couldn't find anything else at the jewel at the at the, lo- at the local grocery store. I, I could only find the it's like kids cast cat mask. It's it's a little bit silly on me. Um, yeah. I know you all would like to see that, but yeah, I mean it's tricky. But you know what? We're we're a community. We're an ecosystem, and. And I think it's it's pretty cool when we're all talking to each other about this yeah. and having a conversation about it because we we want to have events. We really want to see everybody. And um, I mean, I think there's sacrifices we're all willing to make to go and, and, and make that happen. So for me, you know, as a young gun, I think <laughs> in a lot of cases, it's my generation that is the naughty party here. So if I can use this as a rhetorical tool, don't be like millennials, you know? (laughs) That's such a millennial Gen Z thing to not get vaccinated, so. All right, well said, my friend, well said. So uh, let's go ahead and roll the tape on my interview with Adam Edwards, CEO and co-founder of Tolaris. Whoa, so you did this on cassette, like a tape, Craig? No, figure of speech, James, figure of speech. Yeah, you're proud that I know what that is, though, right? Uh, yeah. Do you know what an eight track is? It's like a cassette, but there's eight of Tracks. them. <laughs> All right, here with Adam Edwards, CEO of Tolaris. Adam, how are you? Great, successful event so far? Well, thank you, Craig. Good to see you. Yeah, absolutely. You as well. So let's talk about sort of the emotions, I, I assume, that went into this event. You know, probably a year ago, you guys were scheduling it and people were probably saying, oh, July, maybe that's a little bit early. Then we get all the vaccines rolling in. It looks good. Then we've got the Delta variant. Talk about sort of the roller coaster that you guys went through emotionally planning for this. You know, that's exactly what it was. We planned it and felt like it was far enough out. And then it looked like vaccinations weren't picking up and there might be some problems. And it looked clear. And then it looked bad again. We just had LA County uh, have a mask mandate. So I feel like we're threading the needle now. But moving up to it has really been a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, but it's good to be here. Well, I'll tell you, we were just talking about this recently. Like the event last night, there are a thousand people there. These are people that haven't seen each other, some for two years, uh, just haven't had these major events where we get together. And when you're in a relationship business, not seeing one another and being together uh, is impactful. And so I think it's kind of an emotional, you know, reunion. 
where you're yeah. seeing friends and people you've built a business with or you've supported and you've, you know, you've sweat with and bled with, uh, coming together after two years is, is uh, an incredible, incredible feeling. Yeah, it's just not the same doing it over video conferences. As great as that is in the technology, there are partners who have been able to sell Amazing technology, enabling yeah. technology, but you can't hug. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of that, Adam, and the uh, partner growth over the last three years. You put that up on the board uh, on the big screen this morning. 2019 was like a, a huge year. I want you to sort of explain why that was a little bit. But then we've seen the momentum continue with your sales partners last year during the pandemic and, and now into this year. Talk about that. So 2019 was actually juggernaut of a year. Just unbelievable growth across many categories that we saw. You know, we, we saw 100% growth in uh, cloud. We saw 100% uh, growth in contact center. Just, just big, big year. Then the pandemic hit, and what we saw was some softness. We saw deals slow down, opportunities slow down, and uh, you know, spent a lot of the first half of the year, March, April, May, kind of work with partners, make up. They were showing up their base, talking to customers. But you saw reduced deal activity. And I got to say, the second half of the year made up for it. So when you look at the graph, what you see is, oh, look, it's still up and to the right. What you don't see is the underlying story. There's a lot of stress that partners went through, that um, people at Tolaris went through, that suppliers went through. Uh, you know, early early on in the year, it was scary. Like, where's this going to go? Are these hotels going to go out of business? Are these, uh, you know, travel this travel industry, restaurants? You know, are, are they going away? And we talked about some of that in the opening. That uh, there was some real concern there to weather. But I'll tell you, back in the year, uh, more than made up for it. And so it looks from the outside like smooth sailing, but it was, a, it was a tumultuous year that ended really well. So what's driving that in 2021 then? Is it still more of the same or are there other, other factors? Well, you know, we've got other factors. There's certainly some trends where, yeah, everybody had to go to UC because there's just a different work environment. So I think there was a big rush to UC. Not that we're going to see that slowing down. It's going to continue to go. But I think the bigger story here is the channel expansion. The penetration rate the channel has got into these different technologies is not big. You know, the, the channel to us that have been here for years looks big, but when you look at the broader technology and the market opportunity for CCAS, UCAS, security, cloud, IoT, mobility, network, you know, we're just not, we're, it's not like we're pushing 20, 30% of those markets. And, and so I think the bigger story is that enterprises are looking more to advisors, bigger enterprises are looking more to advisors. People with complex solutions are looking more to advisors, and so the opportunity is expanding, not just because of what's going on from a, you know, a, a pandemic standpoint or recovery or business adjustment, but because of the bigger trend, which is people with complexity want help in their technology. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the Tolaris year. You had so much going on in your presentation this morning that you even barely got into the Columbia Capital investment and the acquisitions. Talk about those and how those are benefiting your sure. business. Yeah, those are kind of a bullet point in there. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about those much. I think they were, you know, when we brought Columbia on last year, it was really for the purpose of uh, expanding. We've always been expanding. I think people know that we invest heavily every year and that investment compounds. So do you really need more? And the answer is yes. Uh, the answer is I believe that uh, there's going to be a consolidation on master agents. I believe that partners uh, are going to want more value from a master agent. I want not just increased commissions, but I also want support and I want engineering, I want project management, account management, financial services. I want all of these things. Because look at us, we're all consumers. You know, which of us doesn't want more? And when comparing two options says, oh, I'll take the one that gives me more value for less money. Everybody wants that. But the only way to achieve that as a master agent is scale. Scale achieves that. And it's what the suppliers want as well. They don't want 20 master agents. They want to align with a partner that can help them get to market, 
that help people become aware of them and that makes their life, that removes headaches from them. So they're not paying even a thousand people commission. So we've seen that come from the supplier side, we see it come from the partner side, and that's really why we took on the investment. We've been looking for years for the right capital partner. And I think that, you know, it's, look, look at our track record over the last, what, nine, ten months since the investment. I think what people have been able to see is consistent, you know, with the behavior that we've had in the previous years, we're investing, we're doing right by the partners, we're building value, we're growing. The difference is, I think you pointed out, is acquisition. So we did acquire Chorus, we acquired Comtel, and uh, we're looking at other master agents as well that we'd like to acquire because we think that with scale comes more value. Safe to say it's sort of an arms race, I guess, if you will, between uh, master agents? I think so. I, I think we've seen master agents come off the sidelines. You know, we saw this late last year where they came off the sidelines, and I think they, they're looking at the environment saying, not only is there more opportunity, but now there's an, there, there is a, a, an imperative that I must invest. Because I think when you look at it, a lot of the, those that didn't invest are stagnating. And some are seeing, you know, blips of growth now because they're putting more resources out there. And how can you not? You put more resources to work, you, you, you get a better return. But I don't think people can wrap their heads around the scale that's required. Big today is not big tomorrow. So a lot of people feel like, well, a master agent producing, you know, a million dollars a month is it's a big master. It's not. A master agent to be relevant in a few years needs to be producing 10 million in new MRR every month. And that's an unfathomable number to most. But it's to, be, to, to build the value that partners want, you've got to get there. Let's talk about uh, your partner tools, uh, the ones that have come out here in the past year or two. Of course, you guys are well known for sort of being the, the tool makers or the pioneers, I guess you'd say, in partner tools going way back to GeoQuote. Um, talk about those and, and the uptake of, of partners. So tools continue to evolve with partner needs. You know, GeoQuote was an original. Um, we, we, we produced that because it reduced our workload and got partners answers faster. And then beyond that, we started developing uh, paperwork generation uh, in an automated fashion, fiber maps, uh, then cloud tools, uh, you know, a product matrix to identify what I need, what's going to fit my customer, and what this vertical uh, needs. We continue to go beyond that. We're releasing the Tolaris University, and we think that's important because one of the things we do most is educate. Whether we're at academies doing deep uh, dive learning, whether we're on a, a, an opportunity with a partner, with a solution architect, helping design and implement, um, those are all training opportunities. And to the extent we can we, we can automate that and make it consumable by partners wherever they are. What we found with you know the trainees that we put uh, made available to partners, they will listen to them on their commute, uh, during their workout. I, I, I don't know what you listen to your workout, but I probably wouldn't be listening to a tutorial. But they do in the parking lot before going into a client meeting. Uh, and education is critical because as an advisor, you've got to be confident that you're walking into a situation um, and, and uh, that the, the client has confidence, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so to the extent that we can you know, uh, help partners raise that bar or educate their new employees, get people up to speed, um, we can really, uh, I think, scale what we've already been doing, which is a lot of education. Yeah. I'm more of a music guy or a sports podcast guy, but uh, hey, to each his own, right? You never know. You never know. Um, I want to say great panel uh, this afternoon on diversity and inclusion. Uh, I thought that was terrific. Uh, one thing I thought that was maybe a little conspicuously absent was the, the whole conversation around the term master agent. Yeah. I've talked to a couple of the folks on that very panel who have said that to see the, the term go away. Well, what's uh, what's Tolaris doing in that area? Is that so something I'm surprised that it didn't come up as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought it would be um, a good topic of conversation. Uh, we had a conversation several years ago that this term master agent always struck us as weird. And not because of racial, there was no racial connotation that we could see. 
a couple of years ago. That was not a top conversation. The way we looked at it was, it's such a bizarre hierarchy to have a master and a sub. Being a sub is so demeaning. Like, why do we have these terms? So we actually tried to change it uh, several years ago and called ourselves a, crowd, a cloud uh, services distributor. And we thought cloud services distributor, that describes what we do. Wouldn't this be great that people understand the distribution term, even though we're not physically distributing? And it went over like a lead balloon. We put mm -hmm. it in all our press releases, the way we described ourselves. But the problem is you can't do that as a single organization. You can't move the entire vernacular by, as one organization. So I think it takes a conversation among multiples. If we can agree on a term, you know, if I have my preference, it would be we're a business enablement company. Because that's what we do. We help partners build their business. But I think we've got to come to a term and get to agreement on what this business is called because it backfired almost a couple of years ago. And so I think that that's a topic of conversation that is taking place behind the scenes. We have had that conversation with some members of the um, that, that panel that sat today. Uh, and I think we will come up with something. And I think not just because of uh, you know racial connotations, uh, but because, uh, like I said before, I just think it's an odd term. I think there's a better term we could find that describes what we do and what our partners do. And you're also talking with some of the other quote-unquote master agents out there? Yeah, well, well. The, the conversation we had started with, there's a couple of providers that took a stand and said, we're going to call it this. And we looked at that, and they said, well, good luck with that. Because we tried that as well, and as a single entity, you're not going to change the entire industry. Now that, that sounds, I know that's counter to pop culture of, you know, you got to take a stand and be something, but you've really got to get consensus around what people are going to call it. So I, take, I think it takes more than one. It takes a conversation, it takes a common understanding, and I think then you can put something into place and we can all get behind it. But I think going it alone, I, I think is, uh, well, unproductive. I think we've yeah. all got to come to agreement of how do we describe this and what should we call it. It'll be interesting to watch yeah. over the next few months. I think Absolutely. So. All right, Adam, congratulations on the success of this event, and uh, good luck to you the rest of the year. Thanks, Craig. Oh, man, James. Great stuff. That brings back uh, memories from, well, just a week ago. I haven't totally lost it to where I can't remember a week ago, but uh, I also can't remember the first time I did an in-person interview. I think you could hear the excitement in Adam's voice, too, about seeing all of those channel partners and suppliers again all in one place. Yeah, it's pretty cool, Craig. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit jelly of you just to <laughs> to have been writing about the, the industry for the last year and, and really thinking about what the industry means to me. Like the more I'm in this business, the more the relationships and the people matter. And there is this just growing desire to to see everybody. And, and yeah, it sounds like it was a great time that people had just, you know, based on LinkedIn, it seemed like a great time and happy for Tolaris being able to have that event and, and see those partners that are growing and, and really excelling even during a pandemic. So there is a lot of silver linings for the channel. Well said, well said. You almost got kind of wispy there. It felt like a after school special for a minute there. You probably don't even know what those are. Though. Is that like Saved by the Bell? That was like, was a TV <laughs> show set in school, right? Who are you calling a cantaloupe, you melonhead? No, no. These were after school specials where, I don't know, what do these go back to the 80s? There were kind of these weepy kid shows where somebody's cat died and then they would show how the family dealt with it, uh, all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> that's intriguing. It was, yeah, it's kind of a stereotype. Okay, like I would watch PBS, like I'd watch Arthur and Zoom, yeah. but I don't think that's, I mean, it was after school, but also I was homeschooled. So the concept of an after school special was a little foreign to me. Huh. <laughs> yes, I like that. Well, Craig, since you did your rant, you did your, uh, your interview, you know, uh, mind if I talk for a little bit? 
Yeah, I, I could use a breather. Absolutely. Well, since we're talking about events, I would love to bring up another event, namely the first ever MSP Summit. Oh, located this year with the Channel Partners Conference and Expo, November 1st through 4th in Las Vegas. I am loving it, like Ariana Grande or that McDonald's commercial. Oh, nice cultural references. I didn't even know the Ariana Grande one. Well, well done. Yeah, I had to look it up, but it's kind of my thing, right? I should probably use them more on this podcast, uh, but some can really be a stretch. You are a, a connoisseur of pop culture, Craig. <laughs> So, Craig, the agenda for this overall, you know, both sides of the co-location, the the show, the agenda is filling up really well. Um, But in particular, this MSP Summit is stacked with some juicy goodness. Mm. We've got an all-star panel to kick things off on November 1st. We put together some MSP masterminds, including Len DeCostanzo, principal consultant with MSP Toolkit. The channel probably knows him best from his years at Autotask. We've also got Tim Conkle of The 20 and Chris Weiser of Seven Figure MSP. Now, those are household names in the MSP community and some of the top experts we've got in the space. Craig. That's right, James. And that's going to be followed up by a series of top conference education sessions. Uh, Craig. Yeah, yes, James. I remember my word count, man. In this podcast, it's only it's like one for every ten of yours. So oh, oh, right, right. Oh, time oh, sorry to shine, man. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. Man. No, it's all good. Go, go ahead. I apologize oh. for interrupting. Uh, so these conference sessions, they have they're going to include a discussion of ransomware with Kevin McDonald of Elvaca Networks, and then we're going to have Colin Knox. You know Colin Knox, right? Formerly of SolarWinds MSP, who recently founded his own company, and he's going to be talking about quote-unquote, the bigger picture. Yeah, in fact, our Allison Francis did a Q&A with him previewing his session that we just posted on the website. I'll offer a link to that on the landing page, of course, of this podcast. Ahem. Ahem. Oh, 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 sorry, James. Go ahead. I did it again. I apologize. Yeah, you're good. Uh, We also have sessions on Managed Desktop as a Service and a roundtable where you'll get to meet some of today's most influential and innovative leaders in the world of managed service providers. Should be a great session. And of course, it all culminates in. Oh, oh, sorry. Go for uh, it, James. You got this, man. You you take it. Are you sure? Yeah. Yep. All right. The MSB 501 Gala on November 2nd. Now that's where all of the Channel Futures MSP 501 leaders get to come in and celebrate their success from the past year in style. Oh, I love it. It was hard to keep my mouth shut and let you uh, have most of that segment. So, uh, you know, it's just my excitement. What can I say? Oh, I get get that, man. You know, it's it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. (laughs) All right. So in the next episode, we're going to dig a little deeper into more of the great content we have for the entire channel community at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. This, my friend, is going to be a very inclusive event with content that appeals to agents, VARs, MSPs, consultants, whatever your label might be. You label me. I'll label you. That's Metallica, right, Craig? Music from your generation? Oh, nice. I'm impressed. Usually you can't remember anything before about 2016. Yep. Well, you know, at least pre-Jimmy Eat World, I'm lost, man. I'm lost. Unless it's a British alternative music in the 80s. I, I take a back seat in the 90s until we get to Jimmy Eat World. And then that's OK. That's OK. Oh, all right, Craig. How about this juicy conversation with Mark Monday from Citrix that we've uh, teased a little bit already? 
Yeah, yeah. He's a music aficionado like uh, you and I are. Yeah, this was a fun conversation. And uh, I, I mean, a lot of what Mark says really speaks for itself. You, know, you really get this high energy vibe from him. But this was a, it was a pretty fun conversation. What do you say I roll the vinyl, Craig? <laughs> All right. Roll the vinyl. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, everyone. Excited to welcome to the show Mark Monday, the managing director of Global Go to Market for Citrix. Mark, welcome to the cast. Gentlemen, hello. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you, Mark. So before we get into anything serious, which we do on occasion on this podcast, when we're not pulling our usual shenanigans, I've got to give a shout out to you because you actually reached out to us uh, before this podcast talking about the introductory music. So for one, thank you for actually having to listen to, to one of our podcasts uh, before. Uh, but just to give a little background here, we've we've always uh, opened the podcast with, you know, if we had our 95th episode, we would go with the music from 1995, 96th episode, 1996, and so on. So we're sort of debating on, on whether we would continue this into the 100 and beyond episodes because playing music from the 2000s didn't necessarily exactly correlate. But you came to us with an email and said, Hey, I've got a song for you, and we played it off the off the top of this. Uh, so, so why why did you select that song? We we appreciate that. Well, so you know, this morning I was thinking, okay, I, I really need to figure out a way to make a connection on the music front. And you know, you have episode ninety nine posted. I'm like, is it one hundred, one hundred two, one hundred three? What is it? And I started going through the Billboard top one hundred songs. And um, as much as I wanted to go to you know the two thousand two top song of the year by Nickelback. I just oh, couldn't bring myself to do it. I, I and, couldn't have played that anyway. So, <laughs> <you would have known. laughs> so and then and then my, my number the number three song that year, which I actually thought would be appropriate given the fact that you're in Phoenix, is Nelly's Hot in Here. Um, but I thought <laughs> that would be wouldn't be appropriate either. But I thought Jimmy Eat World's song The Middle is mm. perfect because the hook is so perfect for where we're at coming out of the pandemic. Um, yeah. Everything's gonna be all right. It just takes some time, a little uh -huh. bit, little bit. And I just thought that is so perfect and so apropos of the year that we spent in, lock time, in lockdown. I, I love that, I love that. Now I'm not gonna hold it against you. I, I did look it up. Uh, the song was actually released in late 2001, oh, but no. uh, you you went to the effort, and it was it was such a hit in 2002. I'm, I'm going to let it slide this time. Hey, and they're a Phoenix band too, so that's got to oh, count for points go. as well. Yeah, they from my uh, my old hometown of uh, Mesa, Arizona. I mean, that makes it even makes it even better. That's uh, that's amazing. I, I can only think this is going to start a trend, Mark, where our guests <laughs> are going to reach out and say, "Hey, man, this is episode 10, whatever." And I'm going to give you this song. So oh, we appreciate that. And thanks for thanks for listening in before this. So I just James, feel sorry for whoever has to do the Gongdom style bumper. But, you know, we'll leave it for them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We do all our own production. So uh, watch out. At least it isn't a video video podcast. So, uh, James, James, why don't you actually ask Mark a, a serious question here? And, and, and oh, no, what we do Wait, this is a serious song. podcast. I didn't know. Okay, oh, well, I'm ready now. You wouldn't have known it. You wouldn't have let, known it. Let me put on a collared shirt and um, some socks, and I'll be ready to go. Yeah, let's get editorial, as, yes. as I say in my hit single. Um, <laughs> so, Mark, could you start by kind of defining the phrase from desktop 
to workspace. What does that mean? And what is sort of this transition that's occurring? Um, tell us a little bit about that. Don't you usually start with some softballs like, hey, didn't you get this job by doing this? And tell me a little bit about yourself. <laughs> like, you guys are hard-hitting journalists today. Um, well, once we got through the music, we didn't have anything uh, anything <laughs> soft left. Yeah, I think, I mean, the good news is I think everybody realizes now more than ever that their experience in their workspace is so critical. It, you know, I, I'm moving my laptop around, so if we were on the camera, you'd see it jiggling. But this experience that we have through the Wi-Fi, through a secure network, and through the laptop and through the laptop camera itself, that is everything for us now. And so when we're working remotely for the last year, we're working from home, the experience that you have as a user is so critical. So it's not enough for IT to be able to deliver you a laptop with a secure experience. But now, increasingly, it's about what are the employees going through? How do we make it simpler for them? How do we make the experience better for a user? And now it's really about how do we empower the user to do their best work wherever they are, whenever they are? Because increasingly, it's an asynchronous world. And the employees need to work when they can have the time and the space and the freedom to do it. And our job is to make sure that we empower that through powerful tools. Yeah, and Mark, I've been working from home since uh, 2009. So the transition, uh, and James has been doing that for a while as well. So the transition hasn't been as big uh, for us. But at the same time, I, I have definitely seen what you're talking about, whether it's the tools that we're working with here at our company, or hearing partners and, and other business folks out there uh, discussing this. And it's just been a, a big transition and a big benefit for a lot of folks. So uh, I want to talk to uh, you a little bit about cloud migration. It's been a big focus for Citrix this year. Uh, notably, uh, the Reich acquisition uh, is mm -hmm. going to enable that a lot. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about uh, the motivation behind that acquisition and the impact uh, it's going to have on your partners and the uh, cloud overall uh, at Citrix? Yeah, well, let's let's step back just a giant step for a moment and talk about the future of work because the future of work is now. And as you say, you know, you've been working remotely for a long time. I've been working remotely for a long time. But for many people, they haven't. And I use this metaphor a lot. But um, if you think about that process that you used to have in the office where let's say you were going to requisition something. Let's say I was going to requisition this fancy podcasting microphone and I would need to get it approved. So I'd go into my tool. I'd request the thing and it would go into a queue and it would get the email would get ignored and I'd have to walk over to Dave's desk and say Dave push the button so this can go forward and then it would go to the next queue and then I would realize oh actually that's Melissa up on the third floor let me walk up there and give her a nudge and get her to approve it and so on and so forth in this world where we're remote often asynchronous working cross time zones our patients as users for that type of bad process or funky process has waned. And we really want to have a better experience. And so the beautiful thing with Rike, Rike is really creating this new category of work management and allows for us to have powerful tools that simplify business process and collaboration. And for us as a, as a workspace provider, it is a phenomenal opportunity to go beyond just delivering a secure remote desktop, but really shifting to that user experience. That makes sense. Mark, I was told this was going to be about coffee. So I have no less than five <laughs> coffee cups 
sitting on my mantle. And each of them, it's it's a little bit like it's a little bit of Russian roulette because I know this white cup is the coffee from this morning. And I know this blue cup was probably the coffee from Thursday before I went away for a long weekend. I think oh. I'm safe with those. But that gray cup and that pink cup, those are probably several weeks old. So I'm going to decide which one of these cups of coffee to chug, and then we'll see how the rest of this conversation goes. At least at least they're not all from the same day, Mark. I'd be concerned about you. Yeah, I also have a I also have a a, a quart bottle of cold brew just sitting here as well, just in case I oh. need uh, an infusion. So I'm excited that this is about coffee. <laughs> and we didn't come up with enough coffee questions. Yeah, right. Well, you'd, I'd expect a guy that, that went to UW, a Seattle guy, would uh, would be super keen on the coffee conversation. Well, I am keen on the coffee conversation. I, I drink plenty of it, but uh, maybe that impacts my brain so that it, uh, it doesn't <laughs> ask me somebody, <laughs> prompt so many questions about coffee. Mark, do you mind talking about where the Citrix partner program is moving? So we see that Citrix is asking partners to focus on not just cloud, but also managed services and specific markets. How are they doing on making that transition? It has been such a joy and a pleasure this past year to watch the Citrix partners perform and transform the way we do business. I would be remiss if I didn't point out that some of the heroes in the pandemic, and of course the healthcare workers are, are number one, but the IT pros out there that moved millions of users to remote secure work during the pandemic in clouds were true heroes. And I think we often forget that none of this remote work would have been possible without those IT pros. We are, I am, super excited about where we're taking our partner program. In January, we talked about a framework and a vision for the future called Citrix Partner Success. And Partner success is something that is so near and dear to my heart. For us to be able to deliver the value of our product across traditional desktop remote work, across secure networking, across collaboration, partners are instrumental to that need. Citrix partner success, what we wanted to do is we wanted to establish a vision that talked about cloud first, partner first, putting the customer at the middle, and delivering a level of simplicity and velocity for partners where they can build a business with us today and for the future and really establish an economy beyond just traditional resell of software, but really to how do they build on Citrix as a platform for the future and how do they integrate their offering as a managed service for customers really delivering desktop as a service, networking as a service, and in the case of Rike, uh, work management uh, as a service. So it's a really exciting time to be a Citrix partner, and I'm just so impressed with the way our partners have navigated a very tumultuous year, but also driven massive cloud adoption. Yeah, the technology is exciting, and it sounds like the uh, partner opportunity is plentiful uh, for sure. Uh, so, Mark, uh, some partners honestly uh, have come out and expressed some concern this year that uh, you guys are going a little more direct now than before. We talked with uh, another executive from your team earlier this year 
Uh, she said it was a little more that you're, you know, sort of just defining certain areas where it's better to sell direct or better to sell indirect. I wondered if you could get into that a little more. And, you know, um, I'm throwing you some hardballs now. We're, we're getting at a serious time. We left yeah. all the softballs. Behind. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for like a nice, you know, just simple vanilla <laughs> latte. Um, <laughs> but you're throwing some five-shot espressos at me. Um, you betcha. So that's a super important question and and what i'll say is the data doesn't support the question you asked and so what i really would like to know is maybe a little bit more detail but what the data tells me is we're actually increasing the volume of transactions that are touched in some way shape or form by the channel and the data suggests that the channel is increasingly important for our success with our customers Increasingly, what we're seeing is not just one partner on one transaction, but we're increasingly seeing multiple partners playing different roles. And if you think about, you know, the sort of legacy partner program taxonomies we have of, you know, you're a reseller or you're an MSP or you're an ISV or you're a global systems integrator and never shall any of those entities meet, those lines are blurring. And so what I might suggest, and I'm not sure in the question that you asked, but what I might suggest is when those lines blur, there may be some confusion in terms of who's actually executing on the transaction. But uh -huh. the data tells me that we are growing our partner transaction pretty dramatically, actually, year over year. Yeah, our audience would be glad to hear that for sure. And it is true that these lines are blurring and I mean for many of us it's it's maybe more comfortable to have those little sandboxes but yeah you're right they they just do not exist in the way we have historically done that so yeah and I mean I think you know I, I always you know talk, I, on every every time I someone wants to listen to me blather on but if you put the sun the customer at the center and then you work your way around you know the customer is going to need a cloud and we should be able to work with any cloud provider Customers going to need applications, and we should be able to work with any application provider. They're going to need some services and support, and perhaps they want to purchase that as a subscription or annuity, and they're going to need that. And the reality is that's the model that the customer is expecting business outcomes rather than maybe a legacy taxonomy of, oh, I'm showing up selling perpetual licenses. That was a great model that we had for 20 or 30 years, and I was a big part of that. But in this ecosystem model, you want to make sure that we meet the customer where they are with entities that they trust today and move forward. So I'm not sure if I answered your question, but um, it is a super exciting time to be uh, in the partnering world because everything is changing. Yeah, I get to where you're coming from. Mark, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. This is a really fun conversation. Uh, good luck to you. And next time uh, we get you on, we're going to have to get your pizza recommendations in Chicago for James. Yeah, James, we're going to have to have a real serious pizza intervention. I want to make sure that we have you lined up perfectly. Um, also want to make sure that we get you on the right hot dog regiment uh, as well as sausage regiment. So we'll work through all of the Chicago foods uh, the next time we chat. Yeah, I'm having a little bit of relationship issues with the person who, who thinks that I need to be eating more deep dish and I'm <laughs> having a difficult time accommodating that. I have a solution for that. Um, I'll, I'll make sure that I get you some recommendations because we can, you know, the, the deep dish is a great visitor to Chicago thing. And there is a certain um, mystique to that. But the authentic stuff, I think you're on the right train. Uh, the thinner slices with the sausage and the peppers, 
uh, cut into squares. I think that's more appropriate and uh, we'll make sure that we get you the right uh, dosage uh, for your success on the pizza game. Excellent. The shape goes a long way. It really does. And there's something about those edge pieces versus the middle pieces and the sequencing will be really important as well. So we'll get into that a little bit more as well. And and after all those pizza and hot dog recommendations, we're going to get you some recommendations on a good hospital. (laughs) Actually, I thought we were going to go to the Chicago beer scene, but okay, we could do that too. (laughs) Take care, Mark. Have a great Thanks, gents. Normally, Craig, I'm not such a fan of Mondays, but <laughs> we're talking about Mark Monday. Sign me up for that. He brought it. He brought the energy. That was fantastic. Uh, one of our better interviews. Absolutely, my friend. So what's next, Craig? Shall we play a game? Oh, Craig, have you t- taken a dip back into the game lab again? Oh, I have. It's been a couple of episodes since we played. Uh, you probably know I have an affinative, James, for old game shows. We've done a couple of episodes way back in the past before your time on the show. Yeah, yeah, Craig. You guys have a lot of timeless traditions and I'm happy to be here. (laughs) I'm glad to hear it. All right. So um, one of my favorite old game shows is Password. You know, this goes back to, I think, to the 60s. And then they revived revived it a couple times, like in the 70s and 80s, and then eventually died. But, you know, they always had celebrity guests on there. Um, I remember Bert Convy hosting it for a number of years. I can't remember who hosted it way back when it was an original show. I'm sure some of our listeners could uh, could tell me that. Yeah, so this game, since you probably aren't that familiar with it uh, being back uh, before you were on the planet, essentially uh, you would uh, have a password that would be spoken by the quiet voiceover guy. The password is... And then the celebrity would give clues to what that password is to the contestant on the show. And they would try and guess what the word is. Now, eventually, that would all lead to the words all being associated with a certain thing or category. The overall winner of the game would have to guess how all of those answers associated with a certain category, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. And I and I do know I have seen this now. At least I saw that Kristen Wiig SNL episode where she keeps saying the password. Remember, Mindy, do not say the secret word. I've got this covered. Branch. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. You have seen that. Yeah, uh, it's very much like that. In fact, uh, the, the contestants make a lot of mistakes on the show, too. Uh, saying the actually saying the password or giving away a, a word that's in the in the password. So what, what do you say? We get this a shot, and then of course this will be a channel edition. We'll have terms associated with the channel. Sound good? Craig, nothing makes me happier than channel themed games. I think you know that. All right, let's do it. And the password is agent. Okay, James. Uh, here we go. Partner. I say a word, right? Yes, you say a word. And you only have like three seconds. Channel. Here's another one. Telecom. Communications. Oh, you want me to say agent, don't you? Yes. Thank you. Ding, 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 ding. All right. That was sort of a warm up. Uh, you got that one. So, so well done. All right. Okay. Here's the next one. And the password is SD WAN. Architecture. Cloud. No. Ah! Hybrid. No, you have to wait for me to give another clue. You can't just randomly spout off. Here's the next one. (laughs) Network. Oh, man. 
See what I'm telling you. Oh, People make mistakes all the time. I bet you it's SD-WAN. Yeah, it is SD-WAN. Of course, network being a part of the uh, oh. okay, there. So I blew it. Uh, I'm sorry. You should have said dynamic path routing, Craig. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Craig. I should have. I should have. All right. All right. Here, here's the next one. Are you ready? Yep. And the password is Channel Partners Conference and Expo. All right. First clue, education. Supposed to guess? Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. I, I was thinking you would have caught on by now. Oh, uh, I mean, I think I know where we're going. I think, I think like a session, like an education session. Okay, next clip. Networking. Oh, oh, oh! Is this the Channel Partners Conference and Expo? There you go. You're, you're getting there. You're figuring it out. Oh, I got, I got one more for you. And the password is Louie. Birthday. Birthday. Okay. Uh, this is a little narcissistic of me, but are you talking about November 4th when I turn 27 and we conclude channel partners? <laughs> oh, okay. Shoot. It sucks to be wrong on that one. Um, birthday. Next clue. Party. Party. No. You, oh. I, again, I got to get another clue. You only get one guess per clue. Okay. Here we go. Dog. Birthday dog. Birthday. I'm thinking like a like sort of like a good boy or like a or like a like a. You're not even guessing words. You're just describing things. <laughs> here's here's the next one. Labradoodle. So, well, that I know that's mm, it, it. Okay, so Craig, I'm in, yeah. I'm now encompassing all of those different words you've said. Yes. Over the last five minutes into this answer. No, no, not over the last five minutes. Just the last three: birthday, mm. dog, and Labradoodle. Happy, no. happy. The answer was Louie, my dog Louie. It just happens to be his second birthday today. He turned two. Oh, that's amazing, Craig. I need to get him a gift. Dang it. I thought I had that on my calendar. <laughs> I know. It, that wasn't fair because that was not uh, really associated with the channel unless you say that uh, because I'm in the channel, right. kind of, and he's my dog. But that, that was a stretch. Oh, man, that, that doesn't look good for me. Sorry, man. I think we're done with this game now. It didn't. It went about as I expected. Maybe not as well as I hoped, but uh, as I expect. <laughs> All right. If you'd like to listen to the archive of Coffee with Craig and James, you can go pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Of course, we would love it if you checked out our podcast on where, James? Our flagship website. Channel Futures. And of course, I uh, want to get us back on track here as we uh, fade out. Thanks to Mark Monday, uh, we are bringing back our music association with the number of podcasts we've got here. Yeah, I mean, songs from 2002 connecting to episode 102. It's, it's a stretch, but, you know, these songs, if you keep giving me good music, Craig, I'll keep turning a blind eye to the logic of it all. Um, I appreciate it, because there isn't much logic. <laughs> Who needs logic? Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We hope to catch you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.